We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Danny Morang, Brandon Sprague, and we are officially kicking off the Portland Trailblazers 2022-2023 season with the uh, Portland Trailblazers Media Day in the bag. Want to take a quick second, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. If you're new here, welcome. We appreciate you. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please click subscribe, click like, share us with your friends, share us with your family. Uh, if you are a podcast listener, do the same. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Let us know uh, what you think, uh, especially if you're on the old Apple podcast because that's the one that helps us grow on the old podcast side. Without further ado, Brandon Sprague. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. How we doing? I look like uncooked turkey right here with my mm. pale-ass white skin, but, uh, you know, we're living good. We got football on a little iPad next to me, and uh, there's a lot to discuss from media day. Did I see everything? I sure as hell did not, but I saw a few things. I saw a lot of Danny Morang <laughs> tweets, and I saw that Anthony Simons is now six foot seven. so we got our wings problem solved. You love to see it. You do love to see it, yes. Uh, yes, we will talk about uh, height watch with Anthony Simons. Maybe vindication for some. Do we have a PO box for the apology letters that people owe us? Uh, or yeah. it's been it's oh, been okay. it's been fun watching that. Uh, you can send all your apologies <laughs> to jackramses at gmail.com. Uh, there was a lot I think that came out of Media Day. Uh, there's always everybody's feeling good. Uh, everybody's feeling great. Um, the Feedback from everybody else out there that heard me asking questions. Yes, I am back in the building. Yes, you will hear my voice, whether you hate it or love it, uh, following every single game this season. So I will be in the locker room. Uh, I will be there asking questions. And for those that are wondering, I'm going to be focusing a lot on the basketball questions. If you, if you kind of listen to the questions I was asking today, it was very much basketball, 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 basketball. We, we have enough narrative guys that are way better at it than I will ever be in this market. That is not my lane. That is not what I want to do. I will be asking basketball questions. Uh, and we got some basketball answers today. Uh, some people are saying, wait, what, 6'7"? When it comes to Ant, we're not being serious. He's not 6'7". <laughs> <laughs> he might be he might be six five though yeah he's he has said as much uh i believe he hopped on with uh travis demers and said that the other day so um he also was uh is, is it's it's very funny um i love media day because you get to see how guys kind of look physically i was reminded of anthony simons coming in before media day uh on his rookie year right after he was drafted and this tiny 19 year old kid came into the NBC studios at maybe a buck 70, maybe a buck 70. 
and just shy as could be to the guy that was on the stage today. Hell of a transformation. It's amazing what uh, four years and $100 million would do for uh, confidence. Definitely filled out uh, both in size and in the tattoo column. Uh, Nasir Little uh, is... He looked big. Massive. Yeah, I was going to say, he looked big. So I can't imagine how much bigger he looks in person. Yeah, no, he he is massive. Everybody's saying the Twitter link didn't work. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. For whatever oh. reason, it defaulted into some, some weird mm. thing. I'll, I'll post yeah, you did, it. Yeah, it did like a Danny.live Live, yeah, I, thing. Yeah. That was weird. Let me, let me grab it now. I think that's your OnlyFans website. It is my OnlyFans site. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where you get the, the non-basketball talk. That's where you get Danny dipping his cucumber and mayonnaise in his belly button. Wow. That's... I mean, if you're going to go niche, you kind of have to go niche, don't you? I mean, there's a market for it. It's right up there with the uh, the 1080 OnlyFans account that we're uh, starting <laughs> on, the, on the side. 1080 the fan and OnlyFans. Um, but, yeah, on, on you know, quote, unquote, yeah, only dance. There you go. Um, only the... dance. <laughs> The watch of, of body styles, uh, Dame is, is toned down, but still big. Uh, yeah. I talked to a few people. He is quite literally in the best shape of his life, both kind of strength. And it's always funny hearing that stuff, but like people around him have all been banging this drum. And so you kind of get an idea of what he looked like today. Nasir is a bleepity bleeping monster. Like he's, He's enormous. Uh, Nurk is in game shape. Nurk has showed up at a camp and kind of worked his way in, but playing for the Bosnian national team, he looked good. He, well, I think I think I think playing for the national team, yep. Danny. I, I thought that was, you know, a lot of people are nervous about the injury stuff. That's fine. The dunk obviously set everything ablaze. Uh, but I my biggest takeaway was, hey, he's playing. That that's there's probably good chance he's um, come season time, tip off time, he's going to be ready to go and. and Unlike other players around the league, because there's going to be so many of them that, like, the first two, three weeks, they're just playing themselves into shape. At least Nurk looks like he's ready to do it. Nurk says he's, he feels like he's two months into the season. Like he, oh, and, that's he, awesome. and, he and he looks it. Yeah. Um, but where I want to start is the framing um, for Media Day. And this isn't a uniquely Neil Olshay thing, a word of the day. Every organization has something. That's how they come into these things is, like, they want to project something. And the word of the day, the word of the season, the whatever you want to call it, connectiveness, connected. That was what everybody said over and 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 over. Um, I want to make sure I get the line from um, uh, Joe Cronin first. He said, first of all, they're focusing on their connectivity more so than whether we're winning games on a nightly basis or not. It's interesting. When I hear that, I think, hmm, definitely going to be focusing on process Mm -hmm. more than results. Process, process, process. And I I heard that and I hear process as a culture when I hear that. And that's, that's an interesting place to be. Joe followed that up, then that same line, uh, after talking about the connectedness, he says, it will probably involve making additions soon and definitely in the future. But one of the things they wanted to focus on before they changed the team over was, one, being connected, being 
on a string, both on the floor and off the floor. It, it, it was not just about being connected as a basketball team on the floor and flowing and working back and forth between offense and defense. It was about being connected off the floor. And that's yeah. starting with this trip to Santa Barbara. When you hear that, like what, what's your, your 30,000 foot view takeaway when you kind of hear that as what's being projected to start the season? Yeah. I mean, I, I think you, you want to hear a team saying that they want to, you know, vibe with each other. I think that's an important thing. The fact that it was so prominent today and, and such a theme for them. And now they're, they're already in Santa Barbara now, and they're about to kick off camp for a week. And, you know, I heard, I heard Chauncey say it's about camaraderie. This is building time with each other where, you know, you get out and we have our meals together and we have our practice once a day and we're going to go do activities together. There's, there's a lot that can be built from that. Um, honestly, I, I think my biggest takeaway though, if we're, if we're, if we're analyzing culture organization with basketball, the closest, I think you can tie this to is Danny, they're going to, they're going to be lacking in, in a lot of areas. Okay. There's, there's just going to be a lot of nights where better teams and the talent compared to what they have is, is going to outman them. And, and that's okay. We, I think most of us know that, right. They play Philly or they play Denver. Uh, Embiid and Jokic are probably going to destroy them. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think what they're leaning in here is the one thing that only so many teams can say, and, and I think they're really trying for this, and that's the camaraderie and the chemistry. Because you can have some really talented teams not have chemistry or camaraderie. You can have some really talented teams go out there and not play hard for one another, not support one another. And I think if you're to make up for your deficiencies in any area, it, you're not going to get a seven foot two athletic big tomorrow. You're not going to get a six, eight wing tomorrow, but what you can have is nine dudes that bust their ass every mm -hmm. single night hard for one another and doing whatever their roles require. If that means GP scores two points, but plays lockdown defense. So be it. If that means Jeremy Grant is uh, 10, seven and eight a night, but he's also helping a, a lot defensively, so be it. I, I think they're aiming for that part of the game that, that, that a lot of teams, quite frankly, they overlook because they don't take that into account. And if they can achieve that, I, you know, that's going to set up for them to be able to surprise some people because they're not highly thought of around, around the country uh, and by the odds makers. So I think they're no. just hitting on something that they're lacking a lot of areas. This is an area that can actually help them because night in, night out, playing hard for one another – uh, can pay big dividends and get you a couple more wins than you think. Because they have so much changeover in the roster from opening night last year to this year, they have some real gains they can make. They do. They have some real gains they can make by being connected. I, I am going to buy what they're selling there to an extent. Mm -hmm. They're still going to be at a talent deficit, and, and Cronin acknowledged that. Like, we're not there yet. Um, I want to say, I think it was Sean Hyken who asked, um, can you kind of like put a percentage on where you are? And Joe said, oh, not, not really yet. But we're we're getting there. But before I – he kind of laid out – and the one thing I respect about Joe so far is he has laid out what he wants to do, how he wants to go about it, and then he's addressed it. Mm -hmm. He's talked about when it came to uh, prospects, drafting a player with the most upside. He took Shaden Sharp. Going out and getting a big wing, and he traded a pick and got Jeremy Grant. He talked about adding talent to the team, and he went out and got GP2. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt of when he says, this is what I'm going to do, that he's doing it. 
So when he said, listen, one of the things that I'm looking at right now is I want to see how this team plays together. I want to see how well they can be connected, how uh, effective and efficient they can be. This is their first time playing with Damian Lillard. Like I asked Drew Eubanks about what it's like to play with Damian Lillard because he didn't get to play with Damian Lillard. Like that's, they were in, it's that the timeline's so crazy that you forget like, oh crap, that's right. Dame was not playing when they added Eubanks to the roster, which Eubanks had a great point of saying, I've never played with a player where the defense, my guy is more worried about the guard than me. <laughs> and he says, I learned real quick uh, in practice that my job is to set the screen, get the hell out of the way, get downhill, right. catch the ball, and either kick it out to the corner or finish. And he's like, he, he makes it real easy for you. Eubanks, I think, is going to be a, um, a fun little a little side thing to kind of watch in his development with, with Anthony and, and Dame. So yeah. uh, just kind of something to, to keep an eye on. Um, and that's the only positive things we'll say about Oregon State today. Wow. Wow. I was going to say, I was, I, I, I was gonna stay away from a big lot at entrance, uh, mostly because I did that to you this morning. A big lot at entrance. I was going to say, you walked in the building with nothing but USC Trojan gear on from head to toe. And I'm like, cool, he's wearing Trojan shoes. This is awesome. <laughs> I, I to be uh, to get totally derailed. I started thinking about. It. I was like, "Oh crap!" Gary and Drew both went to Oregon State. Yeah, were you you were rocking the Trojan gear in front of them as uh-huh. you're asking them questions? Uh-huh. Just an absolute dick move by yeah, you. Was. And by the way, let me let me add this. Nothing to say. What would you say? You won the game. Why would you still be mean to the team that you won? Yeah. You guys have a higher salary cap. Congratulations. Yeah, we, do. we do have a higher salary cap. There's no doubt. Damn that. it, man. Um, but to get back on track, one of the things that um, that Chauncey got into, that th- this is the line that stuck out to me. Trying to create a culture of connectedness. I want to be the most connected team in the league. The most connected teams are really successful. Everybody knows what those kind of teams are like. I want to be the team that no one wants to play. The main thing I spoke about was us being tough and competing every single night. We've done a good job of addressing that. It's hard to get all the players you want at the same time. I'm pretty confident when you beat us, you'll feel like you earned it. Yeah. And whether you talk to Dame, whether you talk to Ant, whether you talk to Nurk, they all they all stand by this. And Nurk talked about the idea of, of Chauncey doesn't do any capping. And, yes, he used that phrasing. Um, I thought it was hilarious, and so did everybody else in the room. But then Nurk kind of got heartfelt of like, and not even necessarily heartfelt, but he was very open about he addresses things right then and right there. He does not allow it to linger. Say what you want to about Terry. Terry was probably a bit more diplomatic and less disruptive, mostly because I think he was afraid of losing his job, whether it was year one or year 10. And Chauncey has been given the green light to throw guys under the bus. And he did it last year. And he's not in Nurk said as much like, He's not afraid if it's Dame, if it's me, if it's Ant, or if it's Jeremy. He doesn't care. And I think that Chauncey can say this because of his record as a player, but also because he stood up and did it day one in practice, and he did it during the regular season. And I'll be honest, that ruffled some feathers last year. That that irritated guys like Larry Dance Jr., Robert Covington, Norm Hell. Hell, Robert Covington got benched, Brandon. Mm-hmm. So there's there is a process change. There is a culture change. And whether or not that's impactful or how. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How much that can be really be looked at, it's... I think it's just an interesting dynamic of seeing how much they can really pull out of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I, mean, I think that's going to be the thing to watch. I, I think that's why... You know, preseason, they're going to work out rotations and they're going to see who's kind of stepping up and what guys work well with other guys. But I think this week in particular, when you go down to Santa Barbara, and I, I think that's what this is all for, right? It's, it's, it's accountability. It's being real with one another. It's establishing roles to a certain extent. I know preseason is going to get some of that mapped out. And hell, the first couple of weeks of the season kind of does that too. But, you know, this is the start of it. This is the start of the journey for them. And Again, I, I, I'm not going to pretend that the, the rah rah and the us and it's us against the world and we're going to play hard. I'm not going to pretend that's going to get them a top four seed in the West by any stretch. But I, I again, I, I think if they can harness whatever it is they're aiming to do, you just you don't see a ton of teams play for each other. No, and from time to time in the NBA, there are teams that are less talented that just gel well and they're able to put stuff together. Now, this is an extreme example to a certain extent because I don't think they can get this, but the Nuggets team post-Mellow is a great example. Yep. I think Chauncey was on that team. Like, that's a team, and this is probably why he's hammering this message and why they're going to California, is he probably was – I think he was a part of that team. He might have been. I, I'd have to go back and check. But either way, like, that, that team's best player was who? It was what Ty Lawson, <laughs> probably. Like, that team wasn't stacked with dudes. But if you're looking for a more recent example, the the pre KD Nets, Dinwiddie, uh, sure. Jared Allen, Karis Joe Levert. Harris, Karis yeah. Levert, like yeah, there you that go. That was like the, you start rattling off those names and you like think, oh, they were actually probably pretty good because they had dudes. Which yes, but yep. they also they played their asses off. Yes, they got yeah, after you. Remember that bubble game famously that that Dame went off on and Karis was going off too, but he shot a jumper instead of driving. Yep. Like you as a Blazer fan could not have watched that game and you got excited for it because you knew it was an important game for Portland, but you also were kind of like, damn, man, like you knew that Brooklyn team with Shock Vaughn was going to play really, really hard. Yep. And I think that's that's the tough thing is uh, you got to be able to get to that level. And, and I think it's a good start this week down in California and, you know, it's going to be the next few months for them to get to it. But I, I just like that's kind of the messaging because they are yep. lacking in certain areas. And I think you have to go for that if you're going to try to make up for what you're lacking. All right. We've, we've bludgeoned connectiveness enough uh, in the first 17, 18 minutes here. Uh, the Blazers did it for three hours. So I think what we, we've kind of hit that one enough. Um, well, the thing that everybody wants to know, who's starting at three? So uh, multiple people asked, multiple people throughout the throughout the day. Uh, do you want to start? Who's going to start? And uh, this is the answer from Chauncey Phillips on uh, how he's approaching 
the starting three spot. On approaching the starting lineup, we have four guys who are going to start, and the big question is a small forward spot. For those that are out there, it's Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, and Jeremy Grant. I don't know how, and I don't know why people were actually genuinely out there still thinking that Anthony Simons was not going to start, but there you go. From the head coach, Anthony Simons and Damian Lillard starting in the backcourt. Stop talking about Josh Hart, for love of God. Uh, Ant is going to start. There's no question there. That's from Chauncey. Uh, it's going to play out in camp. Is that there's three guys that will have a chance, and that's Nas, Hart, and Justice. And he actually opened this up a little bit later uh, and talked about um, Gary Payton the third or third the second at three. Now I don't believe he meant as a starter, but I think that there was definitely a note of like, boop, you're gonna see times when Damon Ant on the floor and Gary might play some three. They they might go to a Dame Ant Gary. Nas Jeremy lineup. Oh, I, I I would bet heavy money that that lineup's going to happen a couple different times and different variations of that. Basically, two lesser defenders and and Damon Ant, but explosive offensive players. Grant being the tertiary guy. Here's the thing about that those kind of lineup. Those lineups, the um, will they actually get out and push pace? That's going to be really really interesting to kind of see how that. That plays out. And somebody caught me. Uh, Crane says, Dame 1080, the fan. Yes, I swallowed my tongue uh, when I was asking Damian Lillard a question today, where I instead of saying uh, Dame Danny Morang 1080, the fan, I said, Dame 1080, the fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my brain reset. And I was like, Ugh, Did he Dame. catch on to it? He's wild. Yeah, I said, yeah, Dame, that's good. Danny Morang 1080, the fan. Dame, uh, come on, 1080, the fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you're trying to take notes and write, or uh, take notes uh, on Twitter, write, and uh, ask questions at the same time. Um, you just kind of swallow your whole mouth. Um, but when Nasir got up there today, I don't want to put words in Nasir's mouth, so I'm not going to, but my impression of Nasir today was one of somebody who was irritated. And not in necessarily a bad way. Like, he's just ready. He is tired of waiting. He is tired of... Um, trying to figure this all out. Like, there is an exasperation of like, okay... He, he, he's genuinely happy about the progression and the opportunity to start, but you can tell he's chomping at the bit. Like He wants to be out there, and he wants to silence all doubters. He wants to silence all critics. There's there's an edge to him of like, I if you don't think that I'm that guy, I'm going to show you right now. And mm-hmm. you can tell he wants to get down to Santa Barbara. He wants to get into camp. He wants to like physically take that job. There was just you could tell, being in the room, he he sounded pissed, and I liked it. I'm not gonna lie. If that's like if he's putting that chip on his shoulder, like I'm going to show you, you have no idea. I'm I am here for it, every last bit of it. Well, and I, I think here, you know, one he has a right to be. You know, the dude's he's had some really bad luck since he got picked, and you know, not to mention he also. Fell in the draft. So you had fallen in the draft and then coming into a ready-made situation in terms of a team being good and you finally getting your chance and boom, here comes the injury luck, right? Goes against you. He's done what he's supposed to do. He added weight. He's gotten bigger. 
He's probably worked on his game in a, in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guarantee the dude's chomping at the bit because you know what? All he's hearing today now, he's in California, but what did he hear today? Oh, it's going to be him or Hart or, or Winslow. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And so it's kind of like another dismissal for him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this week will give him. And, and honestly, I'm kind of, I just, I think I kind of, I want it to be him. And yeah. I, I think this is just me projecting how I kind of view the team and that doesn't make it right. But I, I think having Nas at the three gives them something that they're going to need in the starting five, especially considering we don't know defensively what Damon Ant will be. A lot of us think we know, but we don't. And so I want Nas there. I want Nas to lean into that role of that bruising three who's, you know, maybe he's a couple inches shorter than other threes, but he, he's so strong that he makes up for what he's lacking in height and his athleticism is, is through the roof. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a real opportunity for him, Danny, to show this week, uh, not only to himself, but to the coach, like, hey, yo, like, this is mine. And I hope that I, I hope to hear that we have real battles going on. Like, I'm thinking 92 Dream Team closed practice type stuff where Sean Hikins at the Rose Garden Report saying in the practice was legendary, according to many. You know what I mean? Like, we're hearing these battle stories because yeah. these dudes, sometimes you build the best camaraderie, too, when you go at each other and you learn that one another is a dog. And so, like, I'm excited to see if he can earn it because I want him to be in that starting five. Uh, we started talking. I, I, I asked Nas about – I tried to get him to kind of dive into, like, you know – I. I I'll be honest. I'd, I'd toss them a softball of like, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm, I put on X amount of weight. I wanted him to, I, I tried to lead him down the road. If I put on 15 pounds of muscle, I'm like, come on, give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> he didn't quite <laughs> go for it, but he's like, I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm more explosive it's, than I've ever been. Can and, you tell us why, why, why are they reluctant to say those things? I don't know. It's, it's, it's like some Height, guys will wait. Lean, it's so weird. to me. Some guys will lean right into it. Some guys won't. But I, I think Nas was just like, he, he and, I, and I don't mean this as a detraction or as a shot against him or anything like that. I, he sounded like he just didn't want to be there in the sense of like, not that he's above it, but instead he wanted to get on the basketball court. Yeah. Like he's like, let's just, let's get this shit going. He's That's, probably done talking about it, to be honest. Yes, a hundred percent. Like um, he trained with Dame and he, he's he, uh, in the off season. That's a new change. Um, not only did he rehab with, with Dame, he spent some time with uh, Dame and Ant and Mikhail Bridges with, with Beckner this summer. He Remember the, the serial killer story with Anthony? Mm-hmm. About that moment of like Beckner basically told him to, you know, get effed if you're not going to buy into this. Mm-hmm. I think that switch is flipped for Nas. He talked a, a little bit about um, changing his diet, like understanding NBA workout habits, understanding the NBA mentality, what it really takes. And right, I, right. I think you started to see that obsession. And that was what was kind of fueling that attitude today. And some guys just channel it different. Dame channels it in his um, <laughs> chip on his shoulder, uh, point blank stare at Aaron Fentress. That became the meme all over the world. I think Nas is channeling this in a, like a level of aggression. And to be f- totally frank, the Blazers need it. What if what if Nas ended up being the a-hole? I think he's capable of it. I mean, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of him kind of being that from time to time. I just need him to channel it, stay on the court. Well, yeah, and 100%. Absolutely be that. But he has the physical profile to be that. 
Yeah, and that's he does. What, that's what the really interesting thing is. I started kind of going down that hole of like, oh, let's see what kind of comes out of this. So that's going to be um, the the note to kind of follow as it pertains to the small four competition um, down at, at camp. Uh, Sean Hyken and Aaron Fentress will both be down there all week covering it. So uh, make sure if you haven't already subscribed to, to Hyken's um, uh, site, the Rose Garden Report, he will have daily updates and I will be reliant on him to get some stuff as well as stuff that I get from the team uh, behind the scenes to kind of figure out what's going on, how practices are and how uh, things are kind of shaking out. It's going to be very interesting because as much as I want to say this is this year's job to lose, I have a reeling suspicion that um, I think it's Josh. Not that it is Josh, but that Chauncey's looking at Josh. I think he just likes Josh because I think right now the idea of Josh is a better player than Nasir Little. But for the Blazers long term, it is better for Nasir Little to get that job because he's bigger, stronger, faster, more athletic. He can, if things come together, he can be your stopper. He can kind of figure some things out. Um, that's just ultimately where I end up falling. Yeah. As far as like what what was more important uh, for the Blazers, and it's because well, I, I don't want to switch to Josh Hart quite yet, but that's that's something I just think is going to be really important for them. Um, one question that I, I did ask um, of uh, Anthony and Dame was actually and Yusuf, what is this team going to be like without CJ McCollum? And I'm going to paraphrase here, and it'll get me in a little bit of trouble because this is not what they said, but this is what I took from it. The brand of basketball they play will not be as selfish. That's ultimately what it comes down to it to me with the ball not stopping. Dame, his exact line when I asked him was he has had Anthony Simons as his guy since they drafted him. He brought him up to play his brand of basketball, to make the right play at all times. Dame was very complimentary of CJ and said, listen, CJ was a bucket. He'd go out and get you 20 to 25 every single night. You knew what you were going to get. There was also a hint of, but, he mentioned there's no your turn, my turn stuff. This is going to be a much more fluid offense. Mm-hmm. And follow, mentioned this mentioned as much on the podcast and followed it up again today, um, as well as Yusuf Nurkic. And Nurk kind of elaborated on it a little bit more of like the opportunity of what that means on both sides of the floor. And I think that's something that's going to be very interesting because we've always heard that Dame wants to play more off ball. But you have to change your mentality, you have to change your style of play, you have to change everything about what you do in order to go out there and do that. Playing off ball is a skill. That's mm-hmm. why so few people are good at it. That's why guys like J.J. Redick. That's why guys like Corver. That's why guys like Steph Curry. They're few and far between. It is an elite skill set to have the motor, have the, the IQ, have the ability to do those things. Oh, and do all of the shooting ability without having the ball in your hand, which creates this natural rhythm. Ant has worked on that a ton. Dame has done that to an extent in limited periods off of CJ. But with the addition of Anthony Simons to the starting lineup and his natural inclination to be a more of a playmaker, that to me is going to be one of the very interesting storylines of the connectedness that we heard today on the offensive side of the floor and how that ultimately shakes out. Well, I, I guess my question for you is, I know you're paraphrasing. You're not even paraphrasing. It's kind of just your takeaway from what they said. I guess I'm curious, though, like how much, 
how much better, I guess, is what are we looking into to tap into what they what they could have? Right. Because say, say what you want, Danny, about what you're saying. And I don't disagree with most of it. There was a lot of <sighs> wasted possession seems like the wrong term. But like when you have the amount of success, I don't know, no championship. OK, but individual but we, like accolades between those two and what they were able. They were the yes. number one scoring or number two scoring backcourt. for yes. Basically, not, uh, what, uh, eight years. They're the best shooting backcourt in the NBA behind Clay and Steph for years. Gen- generational scoring and shooting. And I guess I'm just asking, like, how much higher can the ceiling really get with him playing that different style than it was CJ? Or are you kind of are you basically saying it's not so much about that? It's how does he impact the other guys versus the yes. way that CJ impacted the other guys? And that's really what I what I'm getting to. They're the famous Mo Harkless line of I feel like I'm just running on a treadmill. I'm just running on a treadmill out there up and down. That yeah. line was directed at CJ McCollum. Because the ball stops with CJ. And mm-hmm. CJ is an absolute bucket getter. But his natural inclination is not keep others involved. Say what you want about Dame going Dame time in isolation. Dame's the best pick and roll volume scorer in NBA history right now. Yeah. Like that's that's his mark. He's basically been above a 1.0 points per possession his entire career. It's nutty. That involves getting guys involved, getting guys open shots in the corner, getting Yusuf Nurkic, making Yusuf Nurkic look very good as a role man. Like, Nurk is good. He's elevated by Damian Lillard. I don't, I don't believe CJ ever truly elevated players for an extended period of time. And I believe Anthony Simons in that six-week window this year, excuse me, last year, did. And I think that's something you're looking at. Is that It's the rising tide lifts all boats idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's about keeping everybody happy. And again, that's that connectedness. That connectivity is that everybody feels like they're a part of this. They're not standing around watching. Right. And again, it's not a shot at CJ. It's just it's a different brand of basketball. I think that's the thing is people need to understand it's it it does it does come off as a shot, but it, I don't think you mean it as a shot no. in any way because they're again they they accomplished a lot. They were very era. successful. Yeah, they were very successful. They you could even make an argument like they were one legitimate wing away from maybe getting to where their ultimate goal was. Like I, I, I thought that highly of that backcourt, but I just, you never saw them add in the if areas. You kept those guys mattered. together and you added a Paul George from Indiana yes. or you yes. added a Jimmy Butler from Minnesota, they're a Western conference finals team. Sure. Absolutely. Like that's, I, I don't think that can really be debated. Yeah. But how long does it last? How much longer do you have buy-in if the ball does stop with, I think Damon and I don't think you're going to run into that mm-hmm. at least. That's the working theory right now. Uh, for, for those that are wondering what the exact quote is, I want to make sure I get this out there so just kind of everybody understands. This is what Dame told me. With me and CJ, we could score a lot of points. Uh, you could count on CJ to get 20 to 25. The difference this year will be, and I'm going to make the right play, I'm going to get in the paint, hit the roll, man, hit the corner. And with Ant, I've had him here since I was 19 years old. I could tell him this is why I do this. This is why I go about this. And because he was so young, he was able to watch it and adopt that so early that he's unselfish. Him being my rook, it'll be like there's two of us out there and it's going to make the right play it won't look like my turn his turn the ball will move around more naturally and it'll be more natural he's 
I mean, that's it's just a it's a very interesting way to go about it. He's not saying like you, it's a short list of guys who dropped twenty a night in the NBA effectively. Mm-hmm. CJ was on that list from the time he became a starter. Yep. Asking Ant to fill that role is not something like ninety nine point nine percent of guys in the NBA cannot step into that role. Ant can. And the thing is, he might do it in a way that's more effective and more efficient, not only for him, which I would imagine his shooting splits will probably be higher than CJ's, but it'll be more effective and efficient for the team because of how it keeps other guys involved. That connectiveness, that connectivity. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just thought that was a really, really interesting point. Um, I, I, I wanted to make sure I kind of, when it came to those guys, I wanted to make sure I asked that um, to – get that out there not to drag cj over any coals or anything like that but just like to understand the fundamental difference of what they hope to accomplish right um one of the things uh that was uh, kind of the theme of the day was asking about shaden sharp asking other players about shaden sharp uh dame mentioned a story from uh pickup where Nas and shaden and to be clear guys every single player on the roster sans gary payton the second is clear to go they are they uh, uh, Nas is cleared to go five on five full scrimmage. Shaden Sharp cleared to go full scrimmage. Um, so those guys will be getting after it in uh, training camp and preseason. Um, Gary, they're hoping right around the regular season uh, he'll be ready to go. He of course had the same uh, core surgery that both Nas and uh, Dame did. Um, but as it pertains to Shaden Sharp, Dame told a story about uh, Nas and Shaden playing one on one. And Nas kind of ISO'd, you know, faced up, got a step on, drove past him. And Nas rose up to dunk. Shaden, with otherworldly athleticism, flipped his hits, chased him down, and met him at the top of the box on the backboard. Now, weirdly enough, the ball deflected and, and kind of rolled in. Nas made sure to highlight, I did score. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, when we followed up and asked him about it. But both Dame and Nas were like, you you could look at that moment and see Shaden was not afraid of the moment, but also that he was an otherworldly athlete. That there was there's something there to work with. And to a man, uh, both on the record and off the record, the, both of, of everybody that I've talked to in the organization over the last two weeks, uh, to quote the kids, Brandon, he is him. As far as <laughs> as far as a talent standpoint, to quote the kids, he is him. Yeah, he is him. Needs to gain twenty pounds. Though. He does. Like I, I did see that, and that's. But yeah, that, that's super skinny, man. That he's, was super he's still skinny. not as skinny as Ant was his rookie year. Maybe not, but he's he's maybe more untested because at least Ant going from high school to the NBA had the year where he actually played. He did have the IMG year where <laughs> Shaden hasn't. But I will say in the uh, practices and scrimmages, like there there have been moments. Uh, I talked to a few people around the organization that uh, off ball in some of these scrimmages these guys have been running. Um, Shaden has popped up out of nowhere for off-ball dunks that it just okay. kind of stop the gym type stuff. Um, his ability. Well, if, he, if, he, if he's doing this, Danny, it kind of leaves me encouraged that he's actually going to play that. Because if you're doing this in practice and everybody's taking notice of that play, you should be getting PT. I think they're going to find, I think they're going to find a way to get him some looks in preseason. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the windows for him in the regular season could or will certainly be smaller but it also makes me wonder just how much 
that whole line about the process over results that Joe mentioned is that have to do with getting Shaden on the floor, getting Jabari on the floor. I, I've asked around the organization as far as I said, I've put a win total on the season for a good, like a really good season. And the number that I keep getting is like 47 to 49. They know who they are. 47 to 49. That that's that's I'm talking that's a really good season. I mean that is that's that's an amazing immaculate season. But I that's what that's what I'm team. talking about. I, yeah. I asked him like what's like a really good season for you guys? Yeah. Nobody nobody said 50 wins. They know who they are. They know where like they're not stupid. Yeah. They they're they're very well aware of who they are. And so it's going to be interesting to see on how that shakes out. As far as do they get the young guys involved? Do they lean on Nas more at that small forward spot? Because right now there's two rails for this team. There's the right now team, which is Dame, Jeremy, GP, Nurk. And then there's the other team, which is Ant, Nas, Shaden, Jabari, Trenton, Keon, the younger guys. Those, those two rails, they will need to make a decision in the next 18 months on that, on how it goes. Mm-hmm. I think Josh kind of hops in between both. <clears throat> but that whole idea of like where and how do they find time for for Shaden is going to be a very interesting proposition, particularly as the regular season gets underway. Well, I mean, he certainly fits something that they could use. Um, I think it's just a matter of what he shows them in practice, then also just physically. I, I, w- I would love to, I don't think they'd ever talk about this stuff on the record, but like, Ideally, when you look at Shaden Sharp, what they as a team are looking to accomplish with him physically year one. What's the weight? You know, what, what, obviously the shoulders are an area that I would imagine is an emphasis, right? You get him some big shoulders, some well rounded shoulders, mm-hmm. bulking up a little, little bit, bulking up a little bit, little leg strength. Like, I just, I would like to know that stuff and, and how that, by the way, how that kind of go and coincides with uh, year one. Just in general, like I know everything you're saying about, you know, what he does in practice and and what people think about him. But if we're being honest, it doesn't have a feel right now today that he's going to get a whole lot of playing time, Danny. So I'd like to actually, if you gave Joe or Chauncey or whoever or both, whatever, a little truth serum, I'd love to know how much of his season hinges on what he is physically throughout the year from starting point now till, yeah, fill in the blank March. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's come March. It'll be interesting to see where, um, where it stands. Um, <clears throat> I've seen the sentiment from a few people, and Jay Ritz. I'm, I'm not trying to call you out and, and drag you here in the comments, but you said Sharp's a phony. No love from the game, from what I can see. Nobody out there, particularly outside of the media, and doubly so outside of the team, knows who Shaden Sharp is, except for those guys. That's it. The idea that you can say that somebody has or doesn't have a love for the game is is totally and completely unfair. And I have talked to the players about him, and I have talked to people in the organization about him. All of them, to a man, have absolutely said that he was unfairly characterized. And you can say that's team speak and all these other guys. Listen, the guys that I've talked to, I trust exclusively, Mm -hmm. unequivocally. He has the right head on his shoulders. He is in the right place. It's, there's this idea of 
because he didn't play at Kentucky that he hates the game or he's just out for money. It's just a career thing, man. It's just protecting he, he got, yourself. He got bad advice. I mean, like, I, and there's no yeah. other way to say this. I, I talked to somebody from Kentucky, and I'm with you a thousand percent. It's it's never fair for any of us. We don't know him. We don't know anybody that knows him. All we can do is go off the information, and it's really unfair to to decide to characterize who, a 19 year old like that. What he does or does not like or care about. Yeah. What I what I would just say though for that. That person is like having talked to somebody who actually covered Kentucky. He he was killing them dudes in practice, like yes. to the point where he had one day where he went off on them. Like they could not stop him. They were double teaming him. He was getting buckets and he started telling them about it. And it got so bad that Calipari, think about this. He dominated him so bad and let him know in practice that John Calipari, John Calipari had to kick him out. And tell him he was done for the day. Like, dude, you're done. Get out. Because he was killing these he, dudes. He Jimmy Butlered his teammates. He Jimmy Butlered them. <laughs> and when when asked, like, hey, what happened then? It was a pretty straightforward. His him and his parents got some advice that, hey, NBA guys knew who he was coming into college, and you're playing for Kentucky. They're already looking at you as a lottery guy. Yeah. And and eventually that led to the information of, you know, you don't necessarily have to play. Back it up. You'll be a top eight guy. Yeah. I mean, you could not get hurt and you just be here and then you go to the draft and you'll get picked still. And like, you know, some guys get bad information. He ended up getting the right information. You could just say that maybe he made the wrong decision. Executed in the wrong way, perhaps. Yes, that's that's kind of the way I would say. Um, and for those saying that he's, he's a tough watch in, in media day. Folks, I literally had Amphrey Simons' per- first professional interview. Ant was an abject disaster. Abject disaster. Terrified. Terrified. Ant showed up to the studio. We had him show up to the studio 30 minutes early. He showed up with his agent and his parents. And I'm, I'm so glad that Ant's parents were there. Tamika and Charles, you guys are fantastic. Um, because that kind of reinforced him and had him a little bit of ground to, to stand on. These are 19-year-old kids. 99.9% of these guys, they have zero media experience. Mm-hmm. They are raw with this stuff. It is going to take time. Ant is just now getting Dame and Nurk both <clears throat> both made jokes about Ant talking. Hell, Ant Chauncey today. About getting Anthony Simons in year five to talk. And how his growth in that has changed over the years. Hell, he talked about it with us in our interview with him. Yeah. He was like... I got I'm more vocal now. And like that comes with being comfortable, right? Yeah. And not everybody can come at 19. Like you just got to ask yourself, how would you feel if all these cameras and microphones are thrust in your face? You're 19 years old. I would have been okay with it because of my personality type. But I know a lot of people that, man, they, most they, people wouldn't be. They, yeah, they, they feel nervous. And that's, I think that's more of a natural feel anyway. So I, he may, you and I have one of these in our face every day for a living. Right. And I always kind of like doing stuff like this, like just talking a lot of shit and having fun. Yes. And some of those guys like to do that, but they just don't want to do it in front of everybody else. And so, like, maybe he'll get better. Maybe he won't, but eh, he's 19. But I'm saying is everybody's different. Look at Jabari. Jabari is a pro out there. He's fantastic. And Jabari Walker understands it and gets it right out of the gate. But that's just yep. part of who he is. He's also the son of an NBA player. Yes, he is. He has yeah. that experience. He knows what to be prepared for. Shaden Sharp is com- coming from Canada, coming from Kentucky, and then coming into the NBA having played five minutes in, what, 16 seconds? 
mm-hmm. in NBA Summer League. And he is a he's a lottery pick with a truckload of anticipation around him. The Blazers are going to try to protect him and, and, and bring him up the right way and get him comfortable and, and work him up. And that's great. That's what they should do. But part of this is we are also spoiled because Damian Lillard is one of the best interviews in all of professional sports. Yeah. He shows up every single time, thoughtful, articulate, to the point, and never misses. I think he has missed one, one game, if I remember correctly, where he has not been available for media. Once in his NBA career. That doesn't happen. Like, so we're so used to... And to be fair, CJ McCollum was a journalism major. CJ... Was I mean, so the two spokespeople for this team basically for the last decade on the player side were incredible. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. And when you get kids, more often than not, they're not great. I mean, it's look at LaMarcus. Yeah, you know. You know. You know. You know. You know. Listen, I mean, that, that I love LaMarcus, got, but that, it never, that never, it never changed. No. It never got better. No. It, <laughs> just, some dudes just don't have that quality, guys. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Um, Again, thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. Uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. If you're new to the channel, please click subscribe. It's free. It's easy. Uh, if you want to join the channel, uh, we will bring back the watch parties for all of the away games. That is the way we're going to do it this year. That'll be part of the perks, uh, as well as we will do some uh, members-only watch parties. Or not watch parties, but some uh, AMAs and questions and mailbags and stuff like that, uh, as well as some giveaways. I have all kinds of swag um, that I have and also stuff that I stole from 1080 The Fan um, when we changed buildings. Oh, you're a thief. Noted thief. Noted thief. Uh, it was it was okay to take away. So one of them is uh, a bunch of autograph stuff. So um, that's that's one way you can kind of get involved. So that's just kind of an uh, update. And again, if you're a podcast person, like, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. Help us get to four thousand on YouTube before we get the season started. Uh, without without further ado, back to the programming. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic uh, rumbled into today's media session with his saunter that he is wont to do. Uh, bobbing side to side, and you could hear his big, loud voice echoing in the halls of Moto Center. Uh, he made an entrance. Him and Josh Hart both made their entrances today. Hart came in literally eating a, a plate of fruit salad and was just... Oh, 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 yeah, I noticed that. Is that like a... Is that normal for him? He's like a super big fruit guy? Or? He's he's just... He's he's uh, he's this team's Evan Turner. Yeah, he seems like it. He's he's just that dude. And I, and I, I, I love that about him. He's just unique. He just does... Uh, between him and in his AirPods that he's bought like 25 of so far, uh, he's just that guy. But Nurk walked in uh, and he bellowed, "Does anyone know of Dame staying? Anyone know? Anyone know of Dame staying?" <laughs> and he just kind of waddled, throws his shoulders up, and just plops down the chair. The big Bosnian beast smile. And one of the things that Chauncey said and Joe said, and then Nurk brought it back. Chauncey and Joe went to Germany to watch Nurk play for the Bosnian national team. And one of the things Chauncey said is, I love pouring into Nurk, man. And that's the thing. is, I think Joe and Chauncey know that in order to get the best out of Yusuf Nurkic, you do have to pour into him. You need mm-hmm. to let him feel the love. He is a puppy. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just you, There's certain players you need to pat on the back, that you need to give love to. There's guys you just need to have a firm hand with. There's guys you don't need to do a damn thing with. Nurk's the big Bosnian puppy dog. He's and the it, big puppy dog who's a puppy in his 10th season. Absolutely. <laughs> Some guys just they just need yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That's fine. I, I'm not a fan of that, but you know what I mean? Teach their own. 
I tell you what, though, when you pour into him and he's feeling the love, he does play better. Okay, they better pour into him during the year because I could see him having a real streak of not getting the touches he wants. That's and and I don't want to see the the old stuff that we've seen in years past. That's it, that's interesting, and that's one thing that's going to come out of this. Um, but we asked. Uh, he was asked as far as like uh, what he had seen from Dame. Uh, and he said he didn't really want to sp- put d- words in Dame's mouth or speak on Dame's behalf, but what he did offer this. Dame, he probably wasn't aware of how hurt he was. Not that he didn't know, but he dealt with it for a couple years. The way I see it, when I went down with my injury, his gruesome compound fracture, uh, they said I'd never be the same again. You know, the local media and national media that – I wasn't going to be this or I wasn't going to be that. And he says, I see the similar thing with Dame. Maybe that motivates him more. And he kind of said it as a question. And then he went on to playing for his national team. He said, I'm playing with his national team. It's something special. It does give me more basketball games than a lot of guys during the summer. He's like, for mentally, I feel like I'm already in the season. I've been there in my head for like two months. It feels like it's December. And then he went into that, the whole thing about no capping. And this is the actual quote. Um, the most exciting part of this is the honesty. There's no capping. There's no saying stuff he doesn't mean, talking about Chauncey Billups. I think he dresses things in the moment they happen. I guess the most important thing in the NBA, and then he highlighted, most coaches in the league do not do that. So Nurk likes that whole pouring into in the positive and negative kind of reinforcement. Uh, <clears throat> but he was talking about the, the four-game uh, run that they went on into the, into the pre-All-Star break. He says, but a lot of that was a, that little run was everyone clicking in their roles. And then he started talking about, I didn't see too many people really talking about this too much post-media day. But Nurk started going down this lane of, I hope that we all believe that we'll work for Dame. But also the one that forgets this, he he's one of the best this league has ever had and how he carries himself as a human being to do that all for him. Like Nurk genuinely loves Damian Lillard. Like he looks to him like, like Babo, you know, his big brother. And he, the way that he said that, like being so effusive as in his praise and so deferential to what Damian Lillard has been to this city, to this franchise, and how iconic he is and I'll just hear but the league. It was it was a very interesting to kind of look into how Yusuf Nurkic really looks at Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. This is not a while there I, I do believe they look at each other as brothers, I almost think he looks at him like a bit of a father figure. I think he looks at him like a hero. Yes. You know what and, I mean? Like the, the way some younger players or kids kind of look at a player and they like they have a poster on the wall. Like if you told me Nurk had a poster of Dame somewhere in his house, I wouldn't be shocked. And I don't mean that as a negative. No. I think it's kind of the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I, I thought that was really interesting and a little bit of an insight into the relationship between Dame and Nurk. Like, yes, I, I, they're on the same team and on the same level, but I think Nurk still holds Dame in a higher esteem than himself. On the basketball court, he, I, he don't. I don't think he sees them as equals, and I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing. I see that as kind of establishing a pecking order and him kind of following Damian Lillard's leadership. As Nurk almost seems like he's like properly built to be a lieutenant, not a general. You know what I mean? Like to really fall in line with his guy. Yeah. 
And there's just something about that. I was like, that, that sat in the back of my head with the way that he said, it. I was like, well, hmm. leadership is easy to see what's real and what's not. Like, I think if there's one thing I've seen in just like, not to use an example here, but football season, I think can, you can see this with certain positions like the quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you're to your view, the Blazers, you'd view Dame as who the quarterback. 100%. Dame is just leadership wise. Dame is Tom Brady. He's not Jameis Winston. No. He's not Russell Wilson. He doesn't pretend to be something he's not. He just is naturally a leader. Yep. Whereas those guys to me are fake. They're phony. They struggle with leadership qualities, which is why their teams are where they're at. And so I just, I, I, I know that's a bit of a shot at Russell Wilson, but like, I've just kind of always viewed him that way and why his old teammates root against him. You don't have that with Dame. No. You have like a solid leader. You have one of the most solid leaders in the entire league. And I think when somebody has that quality, you know, people gravitate towards it. People can recognize it. You can see it. When you know it, you see it. And when it's not legit, everybody's thinking the same thing. Nobody's saying anything, though. Evan Turner said as much on social media. That I can't remember what the video was in reference to. It was, it was a fight, you know, some fight video, something along those lines. And... um Evan Turner's like, this is how I used to feel about Damian Lillard. And it wasn't like, I don't feel that way about him now, but he was talking about, like, this is how I felt about Dame when I played with Dame. Like, this is my guy. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. the Mike it was the Mike Evans video. It's it's when, oh, when it's Mike Tom Evans. Brady. What do you want me to yeah, do? Yeah. Like, what do you want me to do? And Evan Turner right, was like, right. that's, that's how I used to feel about Dame. It's because yeah, it's yeah. perfect. As like you said, Tom Brady, that's what made me think of that. And, like, that's how many years removed is Evan? How many players has he played with? I, I think he's, what? Four years removed from four the years removed. Yeah. At least three. It's just, it's like that, that part of it is just, it lets you know who Damian Lillard really is. Uh, Nurk went on and say, I'm excited to play alongside Grant and I'm, and, uh, and I played with GP because remember GP was on a 10 day here at Portland before. <clears throat> and they did highlight that Nurk, he kind of like, it was, it's fun to add an alley-oop to the roster. And he's talking about both Gary and uh, Jeremy Grant. And it's kind of funny that Nurk is the one who said that um, and not Damian Lillard. <laughs> As uh, Nurk is prop, well, Shaden, Shaden could end up being the best lob passer on this team. He's a young guy who's hyper-athletic who played some AAU ball. So I can, I imagine he might actually end up being that guy. <laughs> but <laughs> Nurk is a guy, and, and Jeremy made a point of like saying, we're going to work on, on that uh, as far as looking for those alley-oops, looking for those lobs. Um, but Nurk says adding an alley to the roster, having guys that weren't necessarily the best name wise, and he was talking back and forth about between the Blazers and Bosnia. He says having guys that weren't necessarily the best name wise, but we're beating better teams because of the better chemistry. He was talking about Bosnia's run and, and at Eurobasket. They did play very well and they did not have a bunch of NBA studs. Yusuf Nurkic was the best player on that team and they they punched above their weight class. Mm -hmm. And I think he was taking his uh, reflections from that tournament and applying them to today. Uh, and then he said, our goal is to play with each other, to use Dane to be the best version of himself. And then the only way we'll ever win a championship is with him there. He's the best player we have. That was, again, Nurk reinforcing that, like, lifting him up, putting, like, not idolizing, but that's my guy, that's my hero, that's my dude. And he just kind of kept driving that point home. And on Nurk, um, being here long term, I thought this was really interesting. This was unprompted. Nurk said, it's good for me to know that I'm good enough to be here for a long time as far as getting his contract and getting all that. But he goes, it's a place that's more than just basketball. And he kind of said, look, I know everybody says that, but he says, Oregon has come home for me. 
So even if this extension didn't happen, I'd still come here and have a home here. And for those that don't know, there are a lot of guys in the area that have come here and stayed here long-term. Channing Fry, Steve Blake, uh, Travis Outlaw, Martel Webster has been back and forth. Like uh, There have been a lot of guys, obviously Terry Porter, a lot of the uh, the former Blazers uh, players, now staff, and have passed away, mm-hmm. Jerome Kersey and, and Maurice Lucas and Kevin Duckworth. Like Nurk has kind of moved to that lane, and Dame... Dame's building a castle out in West Lynn. Like he's, those guys are going to be here long term. And I thought I just thought it was really interesting how the idea of Nurk and kind of where he is mentally has him both physically and mentally here in Portland, regardless of what happens. I just thought it was just. I felt like you peel back a few layers of use of Nurkic today that we didn't necessarily get before. You're you're getting you're getting a lot of the human side of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're getting you're getting the element where we can talk about his game, we can talk about the years of a contract, we can talk about the dollars and cents and health. At the end, though, what you get in in this kind of session, I think, is the human part of it, which is which is, by the way, a, a part we we just gloss over all the time. Not only you and I, but like sports fans in general, mm-hmm. right? We're like, ah, there's still people. This, get this bum out of here. <laughs> We're just like, this guy's, this guy's just trying to earn yeah. his paycheck and stay in a city and not have to move around a ton for his wife and his kids. Uh, I think the thing about that, though, is not to continue to toot the horn, but like, and I think he's kind of saying this. I think it's Dame driven. Yes. Right. It's, it's not only is the relationship that valuable, but he's like, well, if this guy, who is one of the more popular players in the entire league. If this is good enough for him, it's good enough for me. Yeah. And he gets to be around it. He gets to continue the relationship off the court. He continues to get to, you know, even build on things that can, they can apply on the court. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nurk, why don't you come over some, some wine and some pasta tonight? An off night, super late. They're about to hit the road for a trip. Because Nurk, Nurk loves Dame's kids, let me tell you. And, and Dame can chop it up with him and say, yo, I, I think this and this and this. And, you know, I bet you they have the kind of relationship where he can be honest with him and he doesn't have to puppy dog him. No. He can just be like, hey, this is me saying it. And and maybe Nurk, that 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 gets to Nurk a little deeper. So I, I think it, I, I'm with you. I'm glad you brought up that quote because I was going to bring it up of him just talking about signing here long term. And, and you know my stance on that. I made it abundantly clear. If we're just talking basketball, I thought it was a lot. Mm-hmm. I really did. But this the is the pouring into use of Nurkic. This is Joe talking yes. about it's is it better for the Blazers to give Nurk a deal that makes yep. sense and not argue and not fight over stuff, not haggle over stuff? Because in the grand scheme of things, money wise, it's not like is it more than I wanted to see him get? Yeah. When you're looking at like matching stuff up but if it make if it smooths things over like chauncey and joe going to germany and makes them happy if it's a couple million bucks and it's not threatening to disra- or to derail the, the the framework of the team two or three million dollars each way it's worth it mm-hmm. now if it blows up it's no longer worth it but i was gonna right- say i i don't know if it's worth it yet i can't go there but i'm happy that he's happy yes, so just that- keep Keep being happy. And that's the thing. Uh, we, we're, we're running an hour right now, so I want to make sure we, we get some news and notes out of here. Um, as we are, are back for the season, we will start hammering this stuff real quick. Um, we're going to move the Thursday 
live show to Wednesdays that we're not bumping up against Thursday Night Football. Yes, we're doing against Monday Night Football tonight. I do not care because it's the Cowboys and Giants, and it's an absolute disaster. Uh, if you were actively watching this game, you were an evil person. This, that's the yes, Brandon. I know you have it on the background. You degenerate. Uh, you're even worse. You bet on it. Um, <laughs> I bet on it in two different ways. I bet the under, which actually just lost the overhit, and I also bet the Cowboys plus one and a half. Oh God. Um, <laughs> speaking of sauntering up to the podium, Josh Hart just kind of came up there with all the pizzazz and flavor in the world with a plate of fruit and a big smile on his face. And I uh, think, Hey, you guys get some of this fruit, go back there and grab some fruit. Y'all want some fruit? This is good, good fruit. Mm, this honeydew's hitting. Like he was just, <laughs> he was all about the fruit that he was smashing. Hey, that is an underrated fruit, by the way. It well, doesn't get enough love. Honeydew. Listen, when honeydew is good, it's great. But when yes. it's not, it's just like, what? It's, it's, it's just flavors. water. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, like it's weird. Chunky water. It's very strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, they they asked him about the whole idea of, um, you know, before the, or before he was shut down, da, 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 and the tanking, and he's like, wait, I was shut down? No, no, no. I was hurt. I was hurt. Uh-huh. I was hurt. And hey, he kind of, that's he, that's a guy protecting his his employer. Damn right, he's just <laughs> he knew it. Uh, then he says, "You know what? I think we really really good potential. We just have to go out there and show it." Um, when I said I took I had my takeaway from Nas as far as him being irritated, uh, my takeaway, whether right or wrong, from Josh Hart is he feels the squeeze. He knows that there's a strong likelihood that he's probably not going to start, but he it said as much. I want to start. He said, I, I want to start, and anybody who tells you they don't want to start is either a liar or a fool. Like, I just don't trust you. Which, yeah. And to, to a man, Nas said the same thing. Justice, when he was asked, said the same thing. Josh said the same thing. Like, they all want to start. Anybody, in the, for all those people, like, why does it matter who starts in the NBA? Every single player wants to start. Every single player wants to hear their name called when they come out of the tunnel. That's what they want. And the cachet that comes along with that, the respect that comes along with that. And the money that comes along with that. Um, most guys aren't the uh, Noah Vonley Memorial starter. When you're a starter in the NBA, you have a certain level of cachet, respect, and money. And Josh knows that, and he's in a contract here. <clears throat> but my vibe from Josh was that he feels the squeeze. He knows that there's a good chance he doesn't start. He knows that there's a very good chance that he's probably going, he's the most likely candidate to be traded. And not that it was necessarily a bad thing, but I think he takes it in stride. You gotta remember, this is a guy that's been on three teams already in five years. Mm-hmm. Josh has only been in the league five years. I, it just, I felt it feels like hard or, that he's been in the league for like seven, eight, nine years, doesn't it? Oh, he feels like a ten-year vet. I, it's, it's so easy when he said he's been in the league five years. He he also said I've had uh, in those five years I've had five and a half coaches if you count Braun and uh, Rondo. I like that line. It was a good line. I also think moving around, when a player moves around like that for a few teams. Yeah, because he had a couple feels, years of the Lakers, he had a couple years of the Pelicans, then he had yeah. a year with the Blazers. It just feels like it's so much more than it is. Yep. Um, but Josh said this. Dame is someone who just who just wants the best for you, and he's someone who wants to win here. He's someone you can talk to about anything, and he lets you know when you're messing up. I'm very anxious to see how it is to play with him. I've taken enough 40 balls from him. Be nice to be on the other side for once. And then somebody asked him about his fifty, about his his, his Barack Obama's forty four point game. I said, uh, he's like, yeah, man, well, come on, like seven minutes left, nobody could pass me the ball. I could have got fifty. I could have. You can tell like he's joking, but he's also like, seriously, why did nobody well, pass me the ball? But a player like, but a player like that though, like, how many opportunities is he gonna have to go get a fifty piece? Right. It's, it's so, the. It's not quite the Corey Brewer Memorial fifty point game. It's more like the Andre Miller fifty yes, point game. Like Andre Miller. Those those opportunities are not gonna pop up 
all over the time. Um, but uh, just to give you insight into how Josh Hart operates, uh, what he was look, most looking forward to of heading down to Santa Barbara, he said, a nice three to four days of golfing without being interrupted by my wife. <laughs> is he hey, is he good stick? I bet he's a good stick. Uh, I, I think he said, I can't remember if it was him or Chauncey before he got up there, said he was a 10 handicap. Oh, okay. Okay. Josh said he was better this time of year than he was uh, last year than he was this year. I can so, golf with... I can golf with Josh Hart. That's good to yeah. know. Um, yeah, so uh, I think I think both him and Chauncey both said they're right about the same. Oh, Chauncey's a golfer too. Cha- Cha- oh yeah, Chauncey's the okay. Chauncey's a Chauncey's a cigar and golf guy. Okay, uh, good to know. Um, but when talking about the, the idea of the starting starting role, he says if you look at championship teams, they have six to eight guys that can start in any team. It's never a bad thing to have a bunch of guys uh, who can start to take that role on. And uh, and they asked him. Uh, I, I asked him about what his role was going to be, because um, remember at exit interviews he talked about having the ball in his hand a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, uh, one, that's one of the things they told him when he left. And it was there was a change in tone uh, when I asked him, like, "Are you still expecting to kind of like be kind of a leader with that bench group, regardless of if you start or if you come off the bench as far as like being a primary initiator and how to go about those things. If you had those discussions, he says, I don't know. I'll have to have that conversation with Chauncey. I've shown that I can handle that role. I showed it in New Orleans and I showed it here. I'd like to be on the ball more. That's a conversation that Chauncey and I will probably have on the golf course in Santa Barbara. Hmm. But like, that's a tone and a definite line change from what we got out of exit interviews. Because coming out of exit interviews, Josh Hart was going to be on ball and be uh, more involved with as far as the offensive table setter. Oh, well, I, I think the other part of that, too, is just having a, a real relationship with your coach, yeah. which it, it goes. It kind of it's a little bit of that Dame thing, though, too, Danny. Mm-hmm. It's um, when you respect somebody that's in that in the, in that in that position, that person can get you to buy into to get to buy into things that you normally wouldn't. And I think that's the important thing about this trip and the relationship is that maybe you got two Dame type guys on this team where they all look at Chauncey, they respect the hell of what he says, how he's real with them. And then you also have Dame kind of backing up what he's saying and saying, look, guys, it, it's, you know, you come to me if you want, but it's also it's about coach. And I think that's a big thing for me because I don't know about you, you know, for all the, the Chauncey and the, and the who's going to start three and. And, and Nurk, like Chauncey's one of my biggest things because I just don't know 100%. what to make of it, it. It's easily like we'll get the three figured out. We'll know who st- comes off the bench. But like what Chauncey is as a coach, because he's saying one thing. He's saying run. We're going to push tempo. You know, the same stuff we hear from every coach every single same year. Same stuff we heard every year with this team and never changed. I- I'm curious to see what he can indeed get them to do. And it is going to be interesting. Uh, we're we're not going up against it here. I don't want to take any more of anybody's time because we are running a little bit longer than usual. But this is how it goes when we kick things off. Uh, Trendon came in the room with all of the energy in the world. One of the things he said is, I want to be a light in the dark room. Like, that's just his personality. Uh, asked him about the uh, being the backup five and as like his role and what he's kind of learned from Summer League. One of the, His mantra is very much, when he got up there, was uh, everything I've gotten, I've deserved. Talking about his role, talking about his money, talking about his his growth, talking about his ability to use his voice in the locker room and on the floor. He's very much a, he's got that Southern, like, work ethic of, like, I know who I am. Mm -hmm. 
I, I know that if I if I do what I do and I get what done when I need to get done, then it's going to come to me. And it's very interesting to see that growth in a year because he was unsure. He was not. Right. Prior to shit hitting the fan, Trenton Watford was not going to play last year. He was a two-way guy. So for him to come this far is quite the change. Mm-hmm. That is that is an epic, epic, epic growth level. But Trenton is benefiting from that. Uh, also benefiting from growth, um, Damian Lillard unquestioned uh, brought this up, and multiple people around the organization have, and I've told you this over the last couple of weeks, Keon. The talk around Keon Johnson is that he has grown tremendously from last year to this year. And one of the things Keon said was, I've, I went home and I had to reset how I go about the game. What, how I look at the game. I started writing things down, like what I could change, how I can get on the floor. I, I started taking, I, I used to come in and get my work done and leave. But then I realized the NBA is much more than coming in and just getting your work done and leaving. It's taking care of your body, getting your body right, rehabbing, getting stronger, getting your mind right. The in-between of all that stuff. And then he said, like, one of the ways he started, like, to kind of differentiate himself uh, in these workouts these guys are having, he's like, I started just picking guys up at 94 feet defensively. He's like, I'm just going to pick up. He, he Like, the coaches didn't go to him. The trainers didn't go to him. Chauncey didn't go to him. He just like, I just, I'm going to pick up guys at 94 feet. I'm going to be a pest. And he goes, I realized that I need to change how I condition, how ready I need to be to be able to do that. It, kind of, it was about a reset of his mind. And we've seen this from Anthony, and we've seen this from Nas, and we've seen this from young guys. Like This is one of my favorite things in the entire NBA that, oh, shit, I get it. That moment of like what it takes to be an NBA player. And it, it, for all intents and purposes, it very much sounds like that moment has taken, the first of those moments for Keon has taken place. Whether or not he finds a way to get on the floor because he's the fifth guard? I know, I was going to say, it, 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 this all sounds great, but like, is he going to play? It, it, the, they're, so, they're so stacked at that spot, mm-hmm. I just don't know where those minutes are going. It, it just it was It's very interesting to see where that ends up going. But for Dane to bring it up unprompted, for Chauncey to bring it up unprompted, for Joe to bring it up unprompted, it was like, oh, okay. Mm. It was just something, again, to file away in the back of your head. Uh, Gary and Drew, uh, one of the things Drew Eubanks mentioned was uh, as far as somebody asked him, you know, what's it like to play with Gary? And he's like, Gary's character. And he said that kind of with a, a wry smile on his face and followed. And somebody said, well, what, can you describe him? He's like, you'll be around, Gary. You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I asked him about the, the idea of, of like what you know positionally if, if, does he envision things being any different than Golden State? And he goes, no, you, Chauncey can throw me where he, want, where he wants me to. Yep. I don't care. He, I, he, I tr- trust me. I, I covered him when he was at Oregon mm-hmm. State. Dude, literally doesn't care. He nope. just wants the ball. He, he just he, wants to play. Just straight Hooper. Uh, just wants to play. On the same line, Trent Watford kind of said the same thing. One, two, three, four, five. I don't care. And I think it was Richmond asked, uh, "You gonna take some time from Dame at the one?" He goes, "I'll hold it down. I'll hold it down." I'll pull up from I'll pull up from thirty, but, but it's like it, there's just like a there's this vibe and this mojo that is through this team right now. I don't know how, how impactful it's going to be. I don't know how uh, much it's really going to matter. I will tell you this: I'm very interested in it. And I've seen a few people in the comments like, "Wow, Dan, you're kind of an optimist right now." I don't think it's an optimist. This is just these are the changes I've wanted to see for five plus years. Yeah, and they're they're there. 
And it's not that it's done or that it's going to be infinitely better, but it's different. And I want to see how much it matters. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the thing that I want to see more than anything. I don't believe in this team being fundamentally that much better or worse than teams in the past, but they make more sense and they're more interesting to me. Yeah, no, I, I, I know that about you. I I think that's the, um, even though you get excited about some of that stuff and I kind of look at it and go, I don't know if Keon Johnson's going to no, play. I don't, I don't know it, what just, Trendon Watford's it's role is filing in the back of my head of like, yes. hmm, this, like come December when somebody has a knock and somebody pops up and has a game. It's yeah. Like, oh, that's right. We did remember. I, I mean, who's to say Keon doesn't find himself in a spot where an injury happens for a couple guys for a few weeks and he has, they're asking him to play big minutes and it's, Oh shit. Look at Keon Johnson mm-hmm. coming onto the scene and actually doing something with the minutes he's given. We've, we've seen these kind of situations pop up in the past before. Yeah. Uh, we'll get everybody out of here. Thank you all for being here. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. We will be dropping content religiously and often. Uh, whether Brandon will be a part of every show or not, I probably won't drag him into all of them. Uh, I will try to grab Sean while he's down, uh, hiking while he's down at uh, uh, training camp, uh, see if we can pull him in for a little bit to kind of get his, in- his insights from what he's seeing, hearing, discussing with folks down there. Um, I think he's got an idea of, of some folks that he wants to talk to while he's down there. So um, maybe I'm we'll looking be forward to that coverage too, by the way. Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, and just to make sure I address it, we, the question was asked about Coach Anisha Curry. Uh, Joe Cronin just said uh, he thanked her for her time and moved on beyond that. So for everybody who was wondering, the question was asked, the question was answered, and it was summarily moved to the side. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't expect you're going to get any uh, answers about that in public going forward. We're on uh, to Seattle. Yeah, exactly. Quite literally. Uh, <laughs> the Trailblazers open up uh, preseason in Seattle uh, a week from today. Holy crap. Oh, my God. Me? Is that already? Yeah. Hey, do you have you heard any, uh, real quick, have you heard any rumblings? Is it really going to happen? They're going to announce the expansion that night? I have heard a few people who I trust less say that there's something coming that night, but. That you trust less. They are not guys who have been uh, bulletproof in the past. Oh, that's good to know. Okay, yeah. great. Let's um, run with them. I would imagine there's going to be some announcement, but I don't think it's going to be the expansion one. I'll just get it done already. It, it'll be like at Climate Pledge Arena, the NBA is pledging to help the climate by reducing you know, their, their in-arena waste around the NBA. That'll be the announcement. So uh, I would imagine that's how it goes. Uh, on to paper forks, everybody. Paper yeah. forks. <laughs> Single use. Wait, they're already single use. No, like one bite. That's what you get out of it. <laughs> yes. One bite, so get it all in, and then use your hands, because yes. that's the ultimate key to environment safety. <laughs> all right, folks. Thank you all for joining us. We appreciate you. We love you. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. You can follow us on social media, at Jack Dramsey, at Danny Marang, at Brandon Sprague. You can catch Brandon with Dirt and Sprague in the morning, every morning from 6 to 9 on 1080 Fan. You can catch me and my co-host, Dusty Hera, noon to 3, also on 1080. Uh, and uh, again, if you're new here, welcome. We appreciate you. We're, we're welcome to the season. Uh, we're going to have you covered from beginning to end. Uh, I will be at every game. We will have wrap-ups following games. We will have analysis. We will have guests. And again, we st- I still have two guests before the season really gets underway uh, that I am locking in as far as their dates, and I'm really excited about it. I think you guys will be too. L- Lamar uh, is Lamar is coming. There is a yes. there was a schedule snafu. I'm I'm working around it. It might be this week. There we go. So I'll tune in. 
So, we, so we we will we will continue to bring uh, guest coverage as well. Um, you can reach the show uh, jackramseys at gmail.com or you can tweet the show at Jack Ramsey's uh, at Jack Ramsey's on Twitter or you can DM either of those accounts, both Jack Ramsey's and Danny Morang. Uh, Brandon doesn't check his DMs, so there you go. <laughs> I'm in my DMs all the time. I'm I get down in the DMs. Who doesn't, man? Without getting too far into it, that's how my, my wife and I got together. So there you go. Um, you guys have a wonderful night. Go watch this very awful Monday Night Football game, and uh, we will catch you guys, uh, if not on Wednesday, whenever we have our next guest booked. So uh, until then, take care. Uh, season's here, folks. Rejoice. Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.